This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Let's talk titles. We all have them, whether we use them or not. Some of them are earned and some of them are given to us by default. Titles that are received by work, promotions, or education are at times perceived to have the most importance. To shift and live life without these formal fancy titles almost seems unsurvivable. However, I've learned when it comes down to it, the titles that really matter are the simple ones. The ones that I have received over the years simply by being me, such as wife, mother, daughter, sister, auntie, niece, friend and neighbor. I'm Becky Zarr, and this is The Blind Reality. My job used to take up a major piece of real estate in my life. Realistically, many weeks, I spent more awake hours at work than I did at home. It was not only a major part of my day, but also a major part of my identity. I was well-known, and I had worked really hard to achieve my colleagues' respect. It was extremely important to me that if my signature was going on something, it had to be of high quality. It had to be completed with integrity, in consultation with the appropriate people, and based on the most current evidence-based research. And it absolutely had to be completed on time. I started at the bottom and I worked my way up. Within a few years, I was working in the capacity of a senior nursing leadership role, and I loved it. You could say that I had a type A personality when it came to work. Yet, I was friendly, outgoing, and typically willing to lend a hand. In time, the lines began to blur, and the people that I once referred to as my colleagues, many of them received new titles as friends. But as much as I loved work, my family has always been my number one priority. Work, however, would follow as a close second. Somehow, the two balanced each other out. And with a little hard work and some luck, I had achieved success. However, the day that I lost my eyesight was also the day I lost my nursing career. That day, my mind was swirling in so many different directions. Work was just one topic that was screaming loudly in my mind. Right from the very beginning, I craved work. I craved its predictability, and I craved the strong, confident person that I once was. My mind felt so scattered, loud, and unsettled. I felt like I could really use a distraction or an opportunity to focus on something or someone else. As much as I wanted to return to the little cubicle that once was my office, my second home, I had no idea how to get back there. Yet, another piece of my once fluid life that was now completely shattered. My brain taunted me constantly because it was intact. I knew everything that I knew the day before I lost my eyesight. However, I felt like I had no output. I didn't have the opportunity to wrap files up 
to pass them on, to empty my inbox, or to say goodbye. But instead, it just all ended. My last day at work had already happened, and I wasn't even aware of it at the time. It felt like a wrecking ball had come through my life, and it didn't leave many pieces untouched. Like most things at that time, I had absolutely no idea where to start. My mind couldn't come up with a quick or even logical route to get me from where I was at to where I really wanted to be. No matter what angle I looked at it from, there was no easy way around. There was a mountain of boxes that needed to be checked. There was hours of learning and years of acceptance that I had to make my way through first. Realistically though, I already felt like I had like 10,000 jobs that I had to learn and become proficient in to even function, just to begin to learn to live my basic life. On top of all of that, I now had a long list of things that I had to conquer in order to even consider going back to work. I had to learn to become proficient with my lovely white cane and travel independently within the city. I had to learn to use a transit system, a resource that I had never used before. I had to learn to navigate the busy downtown streets and office buildings. I also had to learn to confidently cross the street while relying predominantly on auditory cues, not visual. I took a typing course because I'd always looked at my fingers or the screen when I was typing before. I had to learn to use the computer without being able to look at the computer screen. So I had to learn to use what is called screen reader software. Basically what it is, it's a computer system that is operated by using keystrokes and shortcuts that essentially reads everything that is on the computer screen to you. I had to learn to use headsets, magnifiers, voiceover software, and navigation systems. The list felt never ending and I had to be able to do all of it successfully before I even stepped foot in the door. But eventually, I did it. I did it all. It took me almost five years, but eventually I checked every single box. And I don't know what it was that gave me the drive and endurance to power through. By this point, the insurance company, who at one point was very eager for me to return to work, had backed off. My husband, Brad, not for one second did he ever pressure me or make me feel like I had to return to work. Whenever I asked him for his thoughts, his reply was consistent. Do what you want, Becky. This decision is up to you. I wasn't driven by financial reasons or the need to prove myself to somebody else. But when reflecting back now, I'm able to realize that my driving force was me. This was something that I really wanted to do. Something that I needed to do for myself. I needed to know for certain or not if I could go back to work. If nursing was actually doable. It didn't feel right to me to step back without knowing. Despite doing all of this work, I knew realistically it was going to be a long shot. But it was a long shot that I was willing to take they would give me peace of mind. Either way. I've been in communication since day one with my director. I was completely transparent with her 
regarding my vision loss and everything that had taken place. So it was a really exciting day to finally be able to make the phone call to her and say, I'm ready to meet and further discuss my return to work. We had set up a time to meet and it felt like that day arrived in a blink of an eye. Suddenly, I was on my way to attend one of the most pivotal meetings of my entire life. That morning, I picked out a precise outfit. I did my hair and makeup with care and attention and I arrived early. Before entering the boardroom, I stood there for a moment. Feeling a little bit shaky, I took a slow, deep breath. I took a second breath in to steady my mind before I stepped into the boardroom. It was go time. Everything that I had done over the past five years had brought me to this precise moment. This was a meeting that was going to determine whether or not nursing would be part of my future. Had I done enough to rightfully reclaim my spot? Would I be welcome back or would that door remain tightly closed? I didn't know. I was greeted by two familiar senior-level colleagues. My relationship with each of them had been positive and strong. After a brief friendly exchange and catch-up on each other's families, the real part of the meeting got started. And suddenly, the atmosphere started to change really quickly, and any feelings of familiarity or comfort were gone. A friend of mine, who happened to be my union rep, sat next to me, and I could hear him quietly shift uncomfortably in his seat. The tension was thick and palpable, yet I didn't flinch. I couldn't let them see my stress because I already felt like they had viewed me as an inferior version of the person that I once was. The questions that they were asking me had absolutely nothing to do with my skills, abilities, and attributes that I could once again contribute to the organization, but rather they all circled around my vision loss. And realistically, I didn't have all of the answers, but I had done a lot of work over the years to get to this point, to get to this meeting, and I was not going to roll over and give this all up without giving it all that I can. I felt like saying, You've missed the details of a big chapter of my life. But that aside, it's me, Becky, your colleague and once friend. I'm sitting across from you right now and you don't even recognize me. I felt like yelling, do you have any idea how hard I have worked to pull my life together to get to this point to sit in this boardroom across from you? Look at me. I'm human. I felt like a stranger, not only to myself, but obviously also to my colleagues. Up until this point, I had sat there composed and poised, politely answering their questions until it became just too much. This was a side of me that I had never displayed at work before. I was so mad and humiliated at that point, and I thought if they weren't going to take this meeting serious, I guess I'm not going to either. I didn't yell, I didn't swear, I didn't stomp my feet or pout, but I decided if they were going to ask me ridiculous questions, 
then I guess I was going to give them absolutely ridiculous answers back. I recognized that this was not the most professional display, but it was a completely unplanned strategy. Somehow, my unconventional strategy worked, and the feel of the meeting started to change. We started to have an honest conversation. I said, look, I don't have all of the answers, and I recognize that you have never worked with a blind nurse before, but please remember, I've never done this before either. All I'm looking for is an opportunity to see if this is even possible. I am trusting that you know that I will never put a client, the organization, or myself in harm's way. If I can't do something, I won't. And if you do give me the opportunity to come back, I want to be able to contribute in a meaningful way. I don't just want to be given a job out of pity. That is not why I'm here. I expect to do real work and be judged at the same level and meet the same expectations as my nursing colleagues. If given this opportunity, and if you, the organization, or myself feel at any time it's not working, please know that I will graciously step back. I will shake your hand and say thank you for believing in me enough to give this all a try. I could hear the rapid clicking of a pen back and forth, and then I heard the regional director say, Okay, let's do it. Those four words set my life in a new direction. It was crazy. Pieces were falling back into place, just as I had pictured. Familiar routines were happening automatically, just as they once had. I couldn't help but stand back with a bit of satisfaction and pride. It was happening. Look at me. I was back at work. Becky Czar, registered nurse, was back. I did it. And it was anything less than easy. But I did it. All of my professional attributes had come flooding back. I arrived each day early with a smile on my face and eager to dive into my to-do list. Initially, like when starting a new job, I sat quiet, but it didn't take me too long to find my voice, to speak their language and find the confidence to clearly articulate my thoughts. To the onlooker, everything was going seamlessly. Becky was back, and I even displayed my once familiar pep and cheer. I was eager to engage in projects and sort out opportunities to network and catch up with old colleagues. But if I was truly being transparent with my thoughts at that moment, something quite different would have been portrayed. Everything was just so difficult. I felt like I was sinking really fast. I was completely drained after my short four-hour workday. My mind just had to focus so hard and had to have the utmost concentration on every detail. And the reality is, to be a nurse at any level requires precision work. A feat that was just too much, no matter how hard I tried. It didn't take me long to realize that after all this time, I no longer belonged. The person that I am now, compared to the one that I was way back then, are two totally different people. What I mean is, I have a very different perspective on life now 
and my priorities have shifted so much. I believed in the job at hand and the overall goals of the organization that I had worked for. I genuinely believe in the work being done by all of my amazing colleagues. However, as much as I did not want to acknowledge it or accept it in my heart, I knew that my work there was done and my time there had passed. I didn't accept this understanding or really even look at it in the eye for quite a few months. I just kept on trying to fix it and make it work. I did, however, acknowledge to my husband that it felt like things just weren't the same. But it took me a long time to understand that, yes, in fact, things there at work were very much the same. I, however, was different. I chose to ignore this information because it was more than just a bit disappointing to come to this revelation after I had fought and clawed my way just to have an opportunity to potentially come back to this work family that at one time I had spent so much time with. I pride myself as a member of this cohesive professional group that at one time was a huge part of my identity and now it was gone. Becky's R, RN, BSCN. It's funny though, how a few extra letters tacked at the end of my name allowed me to hold my head just a little bit higher. I put so much weight and pride on those letters and the accomplishments that they represented. I had worked very hard for any of my accomplishments that I had received over the years. And suddenly, when my vision was taken, those six little letters felt like they were taken as well. Somehow, in a major Hail Mary, I was able to hold them briefly in my hand before once again losing my grip on them and having them drift outside of my reach. I know I was completely crazy to think that this was going to work out. I knew that it would not be easy but I just missed work so much that I had to give it a try. Somehow in the end, I was able to navigate myself to a place where I knew it was okay because I was able to give it a try. I was able to go back and see the what if myself. As incredibly difficult as this decision was, it was okay because finally I was somewhat in the driver's seat. I was kind of in control and I was the one that was making this incredibly hard decision. I am no longer a registered nurse. It still stings a bit when I say this, but in my head I know that the title may have been taken from me, but nobody can take away my knowledge and experience. I am no longer allowed to call myself a nurse. But to me I've learned that a nurse is more than just some letters behind your name. It is also a feeling in my heart that I will never let go. It was time for me to pivot and figure out my new plan. I felt like I was 17 years old again, thinking about what I wanted to be when I grew up, except I was already a grown-up who knew clearly what I wanted to be. I remember thinking, I obviously want to be a nurse, but I need to look at this as what else can I be? 
What other job would allow me to utilize some of the knowledge and experience that I've obtained over the years and make me feel like I'm actually making a difference in somebody else's life? Something that would allow me to accommodate my vision deficit as well as my much-loved family time. Then, I thought, I'm really not a huge fan of riding the bus, so it would be really ideal if my commute was really short. Yet, I would still really like to interact with people, so I had an excuse to still shower each morning and wear some cute clothes, so my signature look didn't suddenly become a mismatched pair of sweatpants and a hoodie. At this point, I was starting to get a little bit excited. I figure, why not shoot for the stars, right? I was career planning. I didn't really want to work full-time. I had learned over the years that that was a little bit overrated. I had spent a considerable amount of time exploring all of my options. And in the end, it was honestly nothing more than a random thought when I came up with my new career plan, reflexology. I really didn't know a lot about it, but I had had a really good experience with it myself a few years prior. And most importantly, it's a modality that's driven by feel. Eyesight would definitely be a perk, but it is totally not a requirement in order to do this job well. I shared my new, brilliant revelation with my husband, We both slightly giggled as we knew that I was somewhat unsure as I was speaking the words out loud. I started doing the research to figure out what the educational requirements were to become a Canadian certified reflexology therapist. It was almost too easy to get started with the process I found out really soon. Within 48 hours, I had connected already with my future teacher. She was amazing and she didn't hesitate for one second when I disclosed my visual impairment. I remember asking her if she thought it was doable. She replied to me and she said, are you kidding? Yes, it is totally doable. In fact, I actually know somebody that I think you should talk to. She gave me the name and number of a well-respected, kind of guru, reflexology therapist who is local and blind. When she told me this, I almost fell off my chair. Are you seriously kidding me? What are the odds? During this very first phone call with Lawrence, I felt like we connected. He had achieved everything that I had envisioned for myself in respect to reflexology and a career, and he did it with his eyes closed, which to me earned him an entirely different level of respect. Eagerly, I contacted Kalinda and I got started with a course. Kalinda was not an ordinary teacher at all. She came with a personal level of understanding. Kalinda had grown up with a very close family member who was blind himself. She altered her teaching techniques without hesitation for a second. She was right. It was totally doable. I was the first one to complete the course from my entire class with a final grade of 95%. I'm not going to lie though, I am a total visual learner and it was really challenging to learn in a completely new way. I had to rely heavily on memory and do everything auditorily. I had to use a whole bunch of various technology to get me through. I got frustrated a lot along the way. 
As I sat there listening to my textbook readings, wishing that I could just add a highlighter across my page or a sticky note. That is what I had always done. It was just so much easier that way. Instead, I had to train my brain to process information in a completely different way. Once again, though, deciding to step outside of my comfort zone was totally worth it. Reflexology is not nursing, but I do really enjoy it. I work for myself now. I started my own little reflexology business called Dolly's Holistic Health Studio. The commute is fabulous because I work from a little office within our home. The real brilliant thing is I don't have to ride the bus anymore to get to work. Instead, my clients come to me. I set my own schedule and if Bennett's off, I'm off. Also, just because I can and it gives me a really great excuse, I implemented a business casual dress code, which is totally up my alley. Hanging framed in my reflexology office is my nursing degree. Next to it is a signed letter from the Prime Minister of Canada thanking me for my 14 years of public service. Also, hanging in a frame is my reflexology certificate, reminding me of all of the amazing things that are still to come. So today, I've decided to invite my reflexology teacher and now friend, Kalinda, to the show. Hi, Becky. It's great to be here. Kalinda, do you remember that very first day that I gave you a call and I disclosed that I was visually impaired and that I was thinking I should be one of your students? I'm just wondering what was going through your mind at that moment? I actually remember that day crystal clear. I remember the phone call and I have an unfair advantage. So the very first reflexology treatment I ever had was actually by a reflexology therapist that was blind. So I knew what was possible. Lawrence has a massive practice in the city, phenomenal human being. And I heard the concern in your voice, but I had full confidence that I would be able to teach you. And I also knew that there was support locally that um, could answer any questions about being visually impaired. So um, I guess my biggest concern then wasn't um, whether you could do the course. It was whether you could believe you could do the course. And I knew the perfect person that you could talk to. My next question is, how long have you been teaching reflexology? Oh, and so I started teaching foot reflexology in 2015. And then I became a hand reflexology teacher in 2018, ear reflexology teacher in 2019, a teacher trainer, I believe was also in 2019. And then I developed emotional reflexology and I released that in 2020. During the time that you were teaching me, was there something that you learned about teaching a visually impaired student, I believe I was your first one, that others might find interesting or beneficial to know? Yeah, so when I taught you, you were my first uh, visually impaired student. I think it was just confirmation that it could be done quicker than somebody that could see, like you graduated top of your class, you sailed through absolutely everything and you graduated with honors. So 
I think the most valuable lesson that you gave to me was there are no obstacles unless you allow them to get into your way. So I know fairly early on, you disclosed to me that you actually grew up with a very close family member of yours who is visually impaired himself. And I'm just curious, from your perspective as a family member or from your uncle's perspective, what resources do you think would have been beneficial to have um, that you didn't have access to that could have better supported him as a visually impaired person? That's a great question. I actually had three blind uncles. Um, And so... I know all three of them had different things that could have, they could have used. So the one uncle, he wouldn't use the white cane or he didn't have a dog because he didn't want to bring attention to himself um, because then he felt vulnerable, right? So if he could have had a way to get around just by hearing or somebody giving him instructions without bringing attention to him, I think that would have made his life easier. My other uncle was very, they were all go-getters, Becky. Like it was, it was hard to remember that they had a disability because everything just looks so normal. But I think having opportunities would be awesome because it helps with the feeling of being independent. And that uncle was actually Lynn Truffaut. He was, he received the 2010 Award of Merit from the Canadian Council of the Blind. He spent 50 years volunteering and uh, he also was named White Cane Club Person of the Year. I don't know what year that was, but he just devoted so much time trying to help the visually impaired community to be independent. And um, I think that that's a critical piece with helping out the visually impaired. That brings us to the end of this episode of The Blind Reality. I'd like to thank my reflexology teacher and now friend, Kalinda, for coming and chatting with me today. And as always, I'd like to thank my family for their continued love and support. This episode was written and produced by me, Becky Zarr. Technical production was provided by AMI-audio's Sam Robinson, and the manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Remember, if you need a hand, get it. If you can give a hand, give it. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.